Welcome to the Campus Christian Fellowship Podcast for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. Today we're going to finish off 1 Corinthians. And originally we had planned on going through the 16th chapter of 1 Corinthians. But as I was reading through and studying it, I realized it's kind of hard to do. Because the end of the letter is is really personal and it's kind of hard um, to teach on. It's kind of hard to draw things from. Paul's talking about just uh, the things that were going on in Corinth and the people that he's wanting to address and talk to. And, and there really just wasn't anything that I could take out of it. So for our last journey through 1 Corinthians, I'd like to take a little bit of a different approach. And it's going to be a little bit more overarching, um, but a comparison. But before we get into exactly what we're going through, I wanted to remind you of a couple things about the author of this letter, Paul. Paul has kind of an interesting story. He He's a Jew, a Pharisee, um, someone who is, is very passionate about the law and following through on that. Um, and then he has this encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus, a really powerful thing that happens to him. And it just kind of starts to change his perspective. And he sees how Jesus is that fulfillment of the law and that Jesus, um, kind of brings in, um, illuminating what, what the law is always supposed to be about. And, and that kind of grace and mercy that we're supposed to be having for everyone. That, that's something that God has always called his people to. And, and so Paul starts to put those pieces together and understand what it means to be a Christ follower. And himself then becomes a, a Christ follower. But the thing about Paul's encounter is the way it's described in Acts. The way that Paul himself describes it later on in his letters it's very much like a prophetic call. It sounds a lot like the call of Ezekiel that he receives in the first chapter where he's just laid out by the Holy Spirit and then God brings him back to his feet and shows him these incredible signs and wonders and, and those kind of things. It sounds like Isaiah's call where Isaiah has this vision of the throne room of God and, and, and sees uh, that God's appointing him to go and do and preach and these kind of things. And I think Paul sees that of himself. That his calling, his call to ministry, his starting point on that road to Damascus is like a prophet's call. And so oftentimes when we read through Paul's letters, I think we need to keep in mind that Paul is a prophet. That's how he views himself. That's how he speaks to people. That's, that's what he's doing. Because of that, sometimes you can take his letters and you can and apply the apply that prophetic lens to them. And and it helps just kind of illuminate and see more of maybe what's going on in those letters than when you just read it at face value. And there's an interesting thing that happens with the letter of 1 Corinthians and that it lines up thematically and in other some other ways very well with the book of Amos. And so what I want to do today was talk a little bit more about the book of Amos. Um, it's kind of a backdoor way to teach Amos because 1 Corinthians and Amos, I think, line up quite a bit. So let's start off by looking at just kind of how Amos and Paul um, themselves as prophets are actually quite similar. Uh, Amos and Paul um, are both kind of under attack 
Um, Paul, uh, Amos is told to, to leave the country, to be silent. He has to defend himself boldly to tell his accusers uh, that, that he's under divine commission of prophecy and that Paul himself is under attack as he defends uh, himself with, in chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians and that he has a divine commission to preach the gospel. Uh, both of them are known for having uh, more lowered professions. Uh, Amos was a shepherd. Uh, and that's what he did, and then call, God calls him to become a prophet, and, and he goes and does that. But Paul is uh, supports himself as a tent maker, and something that he continuously points out in First Corinthians, reminding them that when he came to Corinth, he supported himself as a tent maker instead of being paid by the church to be uh, a preacher. Um, Amos and Paul are both missionaries. Amos was actually a native of Judea and is sent to prophesy in Israel. So he goes from the southern kingdom to the northern kingdom. He becomes a, a missionary to the other kingdom um, to preach to Israel. And, and Paul uh, is very noted for being a missionary, for journeying around to, to Gentiles often uh, outside of his own country um, and to just yeah, different people groups and different places. There's a lot of rhetorical style that's really similar in Amos and 1 Corinthians. I'm not going to go into that because that gets kind of boring and dry and, and there's other things to be talking about. But there's a lot of uh, similar imagery that's used. Um, they talk about wild animals. They use farmer uh, imagery. They use thresher imagery, shepherds, buildings, houses, temples. All of this is present in both Amos and 1 Corinthians. Um, there's a lot of similar theological and, and ethical concerns where they talk about like secrets and, and mysteries. They talk about uh, a case of, of incest actually appears in, in Amos, in Amos 2.7. And then Paul talks about a man sleeping with his father's wife in, in 1 Corinthians 5.1-5. through 5. They both talk about uh, idolatry um, and idol worship and and for Paul, that comes up with eating the meat sacrificed to idols. And Amos, it's just a general. Israel is being very idolatrous and worshiping foreign gods and, and their, their sacrifices. And there's um, slavery that's talked about, the day of judgment, weak and the strong, mourning over sin, drunkenness. There's just so many things that seem to echo one another between Amos and 1 Corinthians. So why... Why is that important? Why, why does that matter? And I think it's, it's because one of the things that, that Amos really focuses on is the northern kingdom, uh, Israel. They're in the midst of a time of, of opulence, of wealth. And one of the things that they do in the midst of that is they continuously overlook the poor. And I would argue that that's probably the prominent theme that you get from Amos is to not ignore the poor, to overlook those around you. Um, and, and I think that's a big part of 1 Corinthians. Uh, it's definitely the part from the Lord's Supper when Paul's taking the Corinthian church to task for the way that they treat the poor. Um, I, I kind of mentioned that already in my talks, but I, I think that's why Paul is pointing to Amos as the book for the Corinthians, because I think that's a big part of the heart of his message for the people in Corinth, is that you guys are doing well. You guys are um, wealthy. You, you are, you've got everything that you need. But in the midst of that, you're so consumed with yourself, your greed, your power, you're not noticing those who are truly in need around you. 
you may even do some things that make it look like you care for the needy. You may invite them to the table, but you've already eaten everything before they can even arrive. You, you're missing out on the ways that you should be serving people. And I think that's a big theme for the Corinthian church. I think that's a big theme for us, for our churches in America. We're doing well. Um, I, I can speak for the people of, of Iowa City, the community where, where I live and minister here. Uh, we're well off. We're well educated. There's, there's a lot of good things going on in this city. Uh, because of that, there's an element of people tend to not seek God when they think they've got their lives together. But also there's this lack of noticing the poor. And the thing about Iowa City is that we're, we're very liberal. We have a concern for minorities, for the oppressed. And, and I think those are all good things. But I think a lot of times that's a facade. It's something that we just do to make ourselves feel better. Where We act like we, we're, we care. We act like we're concerned. We invite people to, to be participating in things. But we're not really listening to them. We're not really taking stock of of their hurts. We're not really giving them time. We're not really helping them to feel welcome like they have a place, like they have an opportunity to better themselves. And and so I think oftentimes we miss out on doing true ministry, on really meeting people's needs. We we just do false things that on the surface seem like they help, but all they're really doing is just making us feel better about ourselves, about our own greed, about our own comfort. And so uh, I think as the church, we especially need to wake up to this, to be the ones who are not only inviting people to be at the table, but making sure that they get to eat too. I know that's kind of metaphorical and kind of playing with what Paul's talking about, but I think what that means for our church is, is that instead of just engaging or inviting people to our church so that they feel welcome, they feel a part of things, that we need to do a better job of going outside and inviting people into our homes where they can really be sometimes literally fed, sometimes spiritually fed, where we can really become a part of their lives. Because it's one thing to say, oh yeah, you're more than welcome to come. It's another thing to actually spend time with people, to get to know who they are, what's going on in their lives. And while I think for First Corinthians, for Amos, this is especially true in talking about the poor, I think in our own context we can broaden that to say not only the poor, but the, the foreigner, the, the widow, the oppressed, the minority, any of those people that are often overlooked, especially those that are overlooked by the church. We need to be bringing those people into our homes to be doing that kind of ministry, that kind of thing. I, I think that's what Amos would tell us to do. I think that's what Paul would tell us to do. And I think that's one of the main things that we probably should be getting out of our study of 1 Corinthians. We need to be a part of people's lives. We need to not overlook people. We need to care for them as Christ would, as Paul would, be imitators of Paul as he's an imitator of Christ. 
And I think that's a main verse, a main theme for 1 Corinthians. And something that we'll continue to do as we look ahead to 2 Corinthians, the next book that we'll be studying. Hey, thanks for checking us out and spending some time with us this week. Quick reminder, if you're a student at Iowa State, University of Northern Iowa, or University of Iowa, we would love to connect you with a campus minister. So reach out to ccf.uiowa at gmail.com, and we will make sure we get you connected. Be sure to specify your school in an email. Additionally, if you have questions about anything you've heard today or anything that's on your mind, we would love a chance to answer that here anonymously. So you can also just drop a line there. Again, that is ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week, and please know that we are praying for you.